Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Please join me in welcoming Jocelyn Morin Norse, nurse, and let me tell you about Jocelyn. She has been called an architect of success, possessing an impressive understanding of business. In a career that took her from public service to entrepreneur to CEO of a software company, while growing her own leadership training company. She found a passion for impactful leadership, employee empowerment, sustainable growth, and business agility. She has led teams of 40 plus members, managed operations through crisis and transformation, redesigned recruiting processes, and overhauled business financials, leading to profitability and measured growth. Through her company, Loentis, I said that wrong. I'm sorry. Loentis. Loxentis. Loxentis. We'll try this again. Becca, you can cut this out. She has led teams of 40 plus members, managed operations through crisis and transformation redesigned recruiting processes and overhauled business financials leading to profitability and measured growth. Through her company, Luxentis, she teaches leaders how to attract and retain top talent, leading to sustainable growth through impactful leadership, targeted recruiting and employee empowerment. She also is the chair of the Forbes Business Council Employee Empowerment Group and a member of Women Executives and Public Speaking Groups. I thought today a great topic would be essential leadership skills to grow a successful people-centric organization. Please welcome Jocelyn Morin Nurse. I am so sorry for not saying your, I'm going to have to just like write it on the board a hundred times. <laughs> oh, it's all great. All good. All good. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Vicki. I'm so happy to be here and be chatting about this super important topic with you. It is. It really is. I, you know, I think that the pandemic even brought out how much more important having a people centric organization really is. But before we get into the heart of all this, we always give an easy question. So tell the audience, where do you call home? Well, I live on Vancouver Island, which is in British Columbia, Canada. And for those of us who are like, where? It's uh, north of Seattle. Well, I know exactly where it is. And it's a very beautiful place. And I was always 
very impressed with the fact that you have redwood trees, which I only knew them in the redwood forest in the U.S. And I was like, oh, my God, they're here in Canada, too. Yeah, Beautiful. absolutely. And we have uh, these old growth trees that are like 800 years old. Yeah. It's it's something else to see. Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely worth a visit to Vancouver for sure. Yeah. All right. Please share your story of the journey that you took. We we heard about your your journey, but talk to us about what it was like for you to to go from where you started to where you are today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unlike some people, my journey was not linear. Some people are like, I know exactly what I want to do. I'm studying this thing and I'm going to do the thing. I am not that person. I tried all kinds of things, meandered here and there, even took a five-year nomadic break where my husband and I were living on a sailboat for a year, then four, uh, four years living on a motorhome and just traveling. And I was, uh, I had my own writing business at the time as well, uh, did, did continue working. Uh, but, you know, just kind of trying this and that and trying to figure out what it is that really brought me life. What was it? What was that passion that I had? And it was, I was growing my business, my uh, writing business at the time, and then started working at the software company, essentially as an executive assistant. And I started getting more and more involved. Mm -hmm. And I discovered that I had an opportunity for a bigger impact. And I became the director of accounts and content. I became their COO and then eventually becoming their CEO and running their organization for them. And through all of this, I discovered that what really lit me up the most was the having that positive impact on people whether they are team members, whether they are uh, the clients, or whether it is an organization itself. And it's just optimizing all of that and just making sure that we are running a business that is both about profits and people, not this versus. And yes, sometimes it's going to move a little bit more to one side or a little bit more to the other. But at the end of the day, is how do we balance the two? And mm -hmm. I just, just loved it so much. I said, you know what? I'm going to run my own business doing this. And so that's how I started my own <laughs> company, Luxentis. And I always started offering coaching and all that stuff to be able to share everything that I've learned along the way. Such a great, great story because, you know, it, it really demonstrated that your mindset was truly in that leadership mindset. And when a true leader thinks about others, and how you can help mm -hmm. others first. And so it's yep. it's wonderful that you you do that. And and there's so many organizations that don't have it yet, that they don't get it. Mm -hmm. And they struggle and they don't know why. Absolutely. Can't run a business without people. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You, you can have wonderful profits, but if you don't have the people sustaining the business, it's not going to last. That yeah. it, and it has to be hand in hand. And it's the same thing where if we say we want to push it too far to the people's side, then at some point your managers or leaders are going to burn out because you're put them, putting them in a situation they, yeah. where they only can help individuals and then the organization is going to start to suffer. And 
So it's always pushing for that middle. Because again, if you go too far on the people side, that's what's going to happen. But if you go, as we've seen, if you go too far on the profit side, then you're not going to have these amazing individuals who are going to stay. And if you're not retaining and growing individuals, that is costly. Because if you're always changing out your staff, it's going to be costly in terms of onboard let's start with recruiting it's going to be costly in terms of recruiting then onboarding then the loss of information because you've got this revolving door of of individuals and they're not going to refer their friends you know how many times have i had amazing individuals because people are like oh you have to apply for this job this company's amazing if you don't have that oh that gets known as well yeah for sure absolutely and I think too, for the longest time, people just thought, well, it's just a butt in seat. And and then the and and the other piece is they didn't think about succession planning. So you talked about mm-hmm. people leave and and you don't know what's happening. Way in the day, you know, I know I'm a little bit older than you, <laughs> but we used to do a thing at one point it was called job job breakdown but basically is you wrote down everything you did in your job so if you were sick or whatever somebody mm-hmm. your boss or anybody could do your job for you well that kind of went away and then when somebody left i don't know if it was our way of thinking well let them know how important i am i'm not going to tell them what i do <laughs> or how i do it and then oh, oh when i leave yeah. Kind of thing. And and that isn't healthy either. So when we talk about people centric, it isn't only the person that is the employee, but it's also mm-hmm. how do you as an employee treat your managers too mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. them want to be better at what they do or feel um, appreciated. So it's a two-way street. And I think sometimes we don't discuss that. We all think that everybody's a terrible manager, but, the, yeah. <laughs> but but a lot of times the really good managers do get burned out, or absolutely, or or their manager may be not great and only mm-hmm. pushing about the bottom line. And so now you have this, oh my gosh, you know, I'm trying to be the way I know I need to be from a people perspective, empathetic and using EQ, but then. That bottom line piece is there where they're like putting pressure on me. So talk about that. (laughs) Try to balance that thing. Absolutely. And it's such a difficult thing to manage when the organization is saying you have to be, well, we're going to use the term people centric. So you have to be people centric in the sense that you have to be there for team members and you have to support them and you have to encourage them and you have to treat them so that they feel like the best people ever. Oh, and by the way, you also have to cut costs and run as lean as possible. And I want you to meet these impossible deadlines because we need to be faster and better and bigger than all of our competitors. And so the managers are are just squeezed between these two competing pressures. And that leads to burnout for, for leaders because they're just exhausted and they're trying to do this without the proper skills, without the proper support and without the proper culture. And actually I was reading uh, an article, um, it was a, a report that Deloitte put out in response to, uh, it wasn't that long ago with all the great resignation and all that stuff, a lot of businesses said, okay, we need to support our employees. So 
we're going to throw a lot of money at perks. And so we're going to offer them all these benefits and these uh, employee support and whatever. Great. And so they're spending all kinds of money on this. And then they realize it's not working. They're like, oh, okay. Well, we're throwing all this money at the employees. Well, yeah. But what they found is one of the things that was uh, impacting why it wasn't working was leadership behaviors at all levels. And mm -hmm. so if you don't change the mindset, if you don't try change the culture, the way people behave daily, then even if you buy all these perks, it's not going to make the environment better. I remember mm -hmm. talking to a team member at another organization who was super frustrated because it's like, they're giving me unlimited time off, but I never have time to use any of it. Yeah. Because they were always like, oh no, we have this deadline. You can't take your time. Oh no, now's not a good time because we have this other deadline. It was in <laughs> software. And so they were rolling out all these features, but it yes. was never a good time. And I was like, when, when are you ever on vacation? So I don't have time for vacation, but yeah. I have on paper all this beautiful vacation. Yeah. So it's really about, especially for those who, uh, well, I would say if, if the person's a manager themselves finding that they are in this situation that they're being squeezed, I would say to have a conversation about the culture and talk to their, let's say the director or whatever, and start that conversation. Say, hey, I'm feeling squeezed out and here's why. Yeah. And try to have that conversation and start there. Because the thing to remember, and and it, it may seem like a difficult conversation, but the thing to remember is you are probably not the only manager that feels that way, that this is, if it's a cultural thing, it's probably widespread, and you would be the person that maybe could make a change for the better. Absolutely. And it may be, I'm not saying that, the, let's say the directors or whatever are being necessarily ill thinking, I'm going to say, uh, it may be that they don't realize it because they're so focused on the numbers, on revenue, because that they have to be, right? Because that, it, and it's not necessarily about greed. It's about ensuring that the organization survives. But mm. it's how do we ensure that the organization, organization survives and that we focus on profits, but in a way that is to elevate the organization, elevate the team members that are there and offer at the end of the day, a better service to our clients. Because again, mm -hmm. without clients, we don't have revenue and we don't have a team and then we don't have a business. So it's all kind of, mm -hmm. kind of linked together, right? And so it's, it's if we think of it more holistically and we're willing to have these uncomfortable conversations, but in a very, I'm going to say positive way, reminding ourselves that we're all on the same side here. We all want what's best and then go there and have the conversations. Then we can be focusing on the money side without it being greedy and also focusing on the people side. And whenever you were talking about time off for vacation, the other place that budget is impactful always, which never, I never could understand this was is training. So we want our managers to be better and we identify where they're not, but we don't afford them the time or the opportunity to be trained. Yep, absolutely. That is, it's almost one of the first things that gets cut. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, oh, we, we don't have time for this. We don't have budget for this. It's like, okay, that's great. And unless, okay, unless the company is truly in crisis mode, 
Okay, let, let's take that off the table. Let's just say that that's the case. Okay, fine, I understand in that case. But in the normal operations, quote unquote normal, because there are always challenges, is how do we plan for that? How do we plan for training, both the cost of it and the time of it, and maybe even sustained training? And that's something that I started exploring with more uh, corporations and enterprises going, is there a way instead of just offering like a half day training, how can you support your leaders throughout the months as they face various challenges? Mm -hmm. Because if they took that conflict resolution training in January and now it's like November, they're like, uh, what did I learn again in that training? So how do you support them? And so yeah. it's important because again, it will impact your bottom line, period. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Because if if you have again going back to that revolving door of people, <laughs> it's going to impact your bottom line. You're not your team members aren't going to be as productive. Uh it, you're going to spend a lot of time recruiting or attempting to transfer knowledge from those in the, the individuals that have left. And it costs money in dealing with the, the conflict. If you don't know how to address it at the root cause, dealing with that, again, it costs money. Or mm -hmm. even clients, if there's inner fighting between your team members and then that spills out and then the clients get terrible service because of that, mm -hmm. hey, guess what? It's costing you money. So when we train, it's really an investment in the organization, and there, again, as double-sided sword, too, how, say, you do have training and your people are able to go to that, but how as, are you, as the manager, what are you giving them in terms of supports, or are you making them feel like, oh, yeah, here you're going on training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm texting you all the time while you're at training and yes. making you feel guilty for being at training that you don't really absorb any of the training. And now, you know, you really cost the company money because you you're having them not get better and they've screwed up a project. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. The, the leadership has to be on board and as believe in that philosophy, believe yeah. in that people centric philosophy of if you elevate your team members, you are actually improving your, you will improve your operations. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked a little bit about leadership philosophies, what would you say is your chosen leadership philosophy? Well, I use the term people centric mm -hmm. and actually I've changed it a few times because as I read more and discover more, I'm like, Oh, you know what? That's more reflective. And it actually started, I've always had that mindset, but I didn't have a word for it. I always believed that the leader has an important role in terms of coaching and being a role model. And it's showcasing not just the good side, but when things don't go well, how do they behave? And so I kind of started reading a lot of books on various leadership styles and all that. And I came across, I want to say Robert Greenleaf's uh, Servant Leadership. And I started reading about like, ooh, oh, that sounds a lot like my philosophy. But then I found it's like not quite active enough because I, I, I'm more a little bit more hands-on than, than 
that servant part. And so that came across people-centric leadership. So, okay, yes, that reflects what I, <laughs> what I think. But at the end of the day, what it is, is simply that idea of impact. Yeah. And I believe that as leaders, we have a unique opportunity to have that positive impact. And actually, I came across another term. It was a transformational leadership. I've used that a, a few times as well, which is mm -hmm. a little bit more active. Um, but it's it's that idea that most people have to work. That's a reality. And it's they spend so much time at work, sometimes more with yes. their work colleagues than they do with their own families. Yes. And how that time is lived, how that experience is will impact who they become as individuals mm -hmm. because if they have a manager who is constantly telling them that they're terrible that oh wow everything that you oh that's oh you did that oh i hate i actually just as an aside i had someone actually say to me uh throw out something i had written throw it throw it on my desk and go did you even think when you wrote that it's like what? You know, when you're being <laughs> spoken to like that, it, yes. it's like, it really hits you deeply. And even if you're like, oh, that was ridiculous and, and shake it off, it kind of stays with you, yeah, especially does. in those moments mm -hmm. where things don't go well. Yeah. When we start replaying, you know, that, that tape of every bad thing I've ever done in my life and every mistake <laughs> I've ever made, you know, when things don't go well. And so that, that gets part of, get, be, becomes part of that highlight reel. And so I truly believe that as leaders, we have an opportunity to at least make it better somehow. And we can't necessarily change people's circumstances. They may be living some things that are incredibly difficult at home. They may have an aging ill parent that they have to take care of, or they may have uh, a child that has special needs, or they may have a spouse that was just laid off, or we don't know. They, there are all kinds of situations. But if we can help elevate them during the hours that they are at work, then at least we are hopefully uh, helping develop some skills that will transfer and will help them deal a little bit better with what's going on. Or if we provide them with a little bit of self-confidence, they can maybe bring that out and again, help them deal with other situations. And so I truly believe that leaders have this opportunity and, and it really speaks to me to show up and, and be my best self and, and try to be that person to have that positive transformational impact. Mm. I think because of you know the things you're you're talking about i've experienced both ways and uh, that's why after i retired and i started this new journey i i coach on leadership for the 21st century leading with your heart your head nice. and your hands and it's really that first piece your heart is is having that people centric community how do i be help those people be more but then once you get them in, in your your uh, community or whatever then then you can start doing throwing the logic and having yeah. them part of the solution and things like that and and then the servant leader part is the hands it, it all works well together but you first have to get them to understand that they matter yes Yes. 
that, that you really can't do anything else until they understand that they matter or they will absolutely. be in that revolving door. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love the way you just, the way you just put it that yes, that's exactly where it starts mm. to making them feel like they matter. They have to, they have to. And, and when they don't, you know, and you can't have, you have, you, you can't have bosses that tell you that where you think, what were you thinking when you wrote yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're running short on time, but uh, what is your approach regarding conflict as a leader? Uh, I've really learned to embrace healthy conflict. And I'm just going to start by saying I was not someone who was comfortable with conflict when I started as a leader. I was actually the person who was always stressing if I had to have a difficult conversation with somebody on my team, like talking about like 3 a.m. being awake, going through, how am I going to do this? What am I going to say? You know, waiting, being outside, practicing, role-playing. Oh, what's going to happen? In time, I've discovered that uh, there is such a thing as a healthy conflict. And if you learn and recognize what is healthy conflict and you develop the confidence that you can handle healthy conflict, then you will be able to have those conversations in a much more, I'm going to say, measured and calm manner. And a lot of it has to do with what I mentioned earlier, that idea of reminding everyone that we're on the same side. It's usually the case. Like it's rare. You will have the odd toxic person, but for the most part, we're all on the same side. We all want the same things. We all want to make a better workplace or a better service for the client or whatever it is we're trying to solve. And like saying, vocalizing, we're all on the same side. Okay, things are getting a little heated here. Let's let's hit that virtual pause button and take a moment. Okay, now, and then come back. And it's building the trust that the other individuals will be willing to go on that journey, that exploratory journey when it comes to solutions, that it's not, I want to win because it's my solution and therefore it's the best and therefore I'm going to push for that. And it's trying to take in the various options and determine what is best for the organization or the team or whatever it is that we're trying to solve. And one of the ways that I find works really well is borrowing from improv <laughs> when we do the infamous yes and. And, yes. <laughs> yes use, and. Yes. <laughs> so it really helps it in does. having those hard conversations that the person feels so much more heard as opposed to say, but, but, but. Oh, I know you said this, but. And then it just feels like, what? Are you even listening to what I'm saying? So it's just small tweaks, small changes, mindset shift about the approach that really makes it possible to have these passionate conversations at times. Mm -hmm. And one other thing that I found is usually when people, it, when it appears to be anger, uh, there's usually something else. It, it might be frustration because they don't feel like they're communicating their idea properly. It might be fr frustration because uh, they feel like maybe they're not being understood or maybe uh, they're just frustrated because they're afraid. Maybe they're afraid that 
if you don't pick my solution, the organization's going to crumble or we're going to lose the client or we're going to lose that team member. or we're So it might be fear that comes out as what appears to be frustration. And once we start really evaluating and recognizing that, okay, maybe the, the tone might be getting a little more stern, that it's getting a little more tense in here, but actually people are just very passionate because they care very, very deeply. Like, okay, how can we approach it in a calmer manner? And uh, just doing that, I, I have seen it work many, many times. And now I'm not, it's not fun. It's never fun to, yeah. <laughs> to have these big conversations. But because I've done it so much, I trust the process now. And even at the end, if we can't agree, I found that if we, we because we've done it so much now, we're like, okay, is there another solution then? And there usually is, not always, but there usually is that third option mm -hmm. that isn't my solution or your solution. It's a completely new solution and not even like a compromise from our two solutions. Something completely new that we come up with together now that mm -hmm. we've let go of that initial solution that we've had. Right. And I've, I've felt that that works really, really well. And it helps move things forward and get back to productivity as opposed to keep I'm going to say fighting Argu about those things. Yes, <laughs> arguing about it. All exactly. right. Thank you so much for that. And it's time now for me to share my screen. Those that are, that are just listening, please uh, note that I'll give the information for her website orally, but you could go to my website, findyourleadershipconfidence.com or my YouTube, Vicki Nethling, to be able to get all of this, do a screenshot. If you're watching this, though, you can do a screenshot right now. The website is the https colon forward slash forward slash www.loxentus.com. And Facebook is her name, Jocelyn Morin Nurse. And LinkedIn is Jocelyn Morin Nurse. Instagram, same. And YouTube at Jocelyn Morin Nurse. I'm going to let Jocelyn talk to you about what you can find when you go to her website and how you can uh, better connect with her. Jocelyn. Thank you. So basically the very first thing I would say is check out my YouTube channel, get to know me a little bit better. You see, I put out um, tips every other week and it has to do with leadership and entrepreneurship. So just get to know me a little bit better, get to know the philosophy and learn a few tips along the way by uh, subscribing for the, the YouTube channel. And if you go to my website, you'll find uh, some coaching packages there. If ever you find yourself in that type of situation and you'd like a little bit of extra support, uh, let's, let's chat. And I would love to hear from you and get to know you a little bit better and see how I can help and support you. Well, Jocelyn, it has been wonderful chatting. We could probably spend about another couple of hours talking about this. <laughs> I think this. so. <laughs> I'll have to have you back and definitely have you on one of my summits uh, to share your insights. But as always, I recommend that everybody remember that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself.
Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.